Wow. Joey McGarry. <laughs> is it recording? Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. Hi. Hello, Todd McInerney. How's the it going? Pic the picture, the really professional picture of you pops up with the <laughs> white background, and uh, it's, uh, it's really polarizing with the voice. Yeah. Like, the picture looks very professional, <laughs> but your voice sounds like you, so putting the two together gives me an odd feeling. Interesting. So I, today I had my first coffee in two weeks, and I was, lis I was listening to Terrence McKenna lectures in Starbucks, yeah, and like writing down ideas, and I was just, like, all I could think of was mushroom blading. I was like mushroom blading this and mushroom blading that, and it just, that's like the most exciting thing in my world is mushroom blading. Yeah, mine too. I've had uh, quite a few ideas lately. It was weird. I, I was reading um, the new, yeah, I texted you the new Seth Godin, or Godin, I don't know how you say it, yeah. his new book, We Are All Weird, and then I had the idea about how it would be good to have a, a message board or a forum Definitely. on the Mushroom Blading website, because I hate, I hate myself when I post or check other forums, and it yeah. would make so much sense to just like... Even if no one went to the forum, to just post stuff in a forum that was, like, more... It was just on the mushroom blading website. For sure. For sure. I, or, or, like, it, it, you know, if people did want to reply to things, they could. But, like, if if we were both just posting in this one forum, like, well, like a bulletin board, right? Yeah. Like a Facebook wall for mushroom blading, but on the site, you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, that, I... I really so want I, there. I really want there to be a uh, message board, and then we can have like official like threads for each podcast and stuff. I want to totally redo the whole site. I want I want articles and podcasts to be more. Obviously, you can't. There's there, the podcasts aren't even on the site right now, so I want oh, yeah. I want it to be more like because when when I first made it, it was just strictly focused on videos. Because that was kind of all that we had. Yeah. But now there's articles and interviews, and the I'll 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 ruin the the secret. But you did an interview with Dustin Latimer. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's mind blowing that that we can actually do that. Yeah. Like we can uh, actually it's interview. It's hard to focus on reality sometimes because the internet. I, I just messaged Justin Latimer and asked him if he wanted to do an interview, and now my mind's going crazy on what what we can do yeah like if we can do that like we can do we can do so much we like i was thinking like we can be like a source of media for people we can choose what is relevant or what is interesting for people and we can like go and do it ourselves and you ask really good questions like you ask really good questions that other people wouldn't ask because <laughs> you're smarter than most people out there like you should be but you should have more authority in rollerblading. And I know, in, in but it's not, even, it's not even so much authority as it is, um, like, uh, you, you wanna, you're really interested in finding out things from these people, and you would ask them these questions privately if you had the chance or, yeah. or whatever. So it's like the same thing as making the mushroom blading video. It's, uh, 
you kind of make stuff that you would want to see yourself or read or exactly. listen to. And uh, I like the idea of, of there being a website uh, for people uh, that like to attach wheels to their feet that just kind of collect a bunch of inspiring stuff and ideas and might spark them to start their own things. And then if there was a whole bunch of people... I mean, it would take a long time, but if there was a whole bunch of people just doing their own stuff and connecting with each other, and I mean, I ask questions that come from my brain, but people might connect with other people and have other questions that spark ideas for me, but that my brain's starting to fire off too quickly, so yeah. I'll cut myself off. Right but do, you, do you think it's weird that you're 29 and, and you, you, if you're anything like me, you're still really obsessed with rollerblading? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I just wrote, I wrote a thing on it yesterday that uh, my uh, I, I feel like uh, an idiot when I use the internet. And I, I know very clearly that the, the less I distract myself, the more clear goals in it, not goals, but the more clear life becomes and simplicity and cutting out stuff. Um, but, and the idea of like connecting to something bigger seems to always pop up in moments of like where you're really quiet or whatever and how, you know, some people might have psychedelic experiences where they connect with something bigger than themselves. Some people go to church or whatever, but, um, I realized that skating is just the one thing that ties all of the, uh, polarizing parts of my personality together and make it, it kind of like makes it all make sense. So it's a really weird thing so, to that rollerblading is yeah I'm obsessed with it still it sucks though <laughs> it sucks to be obsessed with the rollerblading yeah it hurts because it's not I had a really good conversation with my sister and I'd love to have her on the podcast but it was like that idea that uh, that I learned it took me forever to learn I just still don't know if it's the right answer but it's like you have to have uh, you have to have some form of um, service to other people, like for your work, that is outside of what you do creatively. And I think if, if like, I know that I would love to work on rollerblading stuff all the time, and I'd be really passionate about it. But I don't know if it would be the same if I was working on it twenty four seven. Right. You, I probably lost you. No, I, it's just really healthy. <laughs> it's really healthy to to experience life in a lot of different directions. Like if. May, but it's it's hard because, like you said, there is no right answer. But you have no. to you have to do you have to you have to try really hard to keep yourself inspired. And rollerblading really helps you stay inspired. But at the same time, it it makes you really confused about <laughs> about life in general. So yeah. it's a, it's like a give and take. Like it's like okay, I could either be really uninspired and and less confused. Or I can be really inspired and just more confused. <laughs> so you choose the latter, right? You want to be, you want to have really positive energy, and that comes from this thing of of rollerblading and and people who rollerblade and this whole kind of ball of energy surrounding that activity. And but it makes you more confused about about like what what you're. <laughs> What your I, I whole think, thing is. <laughs> well, oh, do you have... What was the last part? Makes you confused about life? 
But I think that's, that's anything that really opens up your mind, like any kind of psychedelic experience or anything that... Even learning. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, and the, and the more confused you're going to be. Like, I'm, yeah, all, but... I'm all about just being really humble about what you know, because really, nobody knows fucking anything. Really. Yeah. And that wow. is, that's a really confusing thought, and that thought really provokes a lot of anxiety and confusion in people's lives, but that's the truth. And then yeah. it's weird because strange kind of interesting art can come out of that, but it can, and it can be really fun to, to, to think like that. But then, obviously, it causes a lot of confusion, and <laughs> that's why, yeah, rollerblading is the place where there's a part of me that's a piece of shit, and there's a part of me that is kind of spiritual and possibly connected to something uh, bigger than myself. But I don't know. There's part of me that's of like obsessed with making stuff, and then rollerblading is just kind of the place where all of those things meet, and it's the the kind of the push and the pull between all of those sides of yourself that make making stuff and creating stuff interesting. So, you know, sometimes it's people making music or... But rollerblading is exciting for me because it combines a bunch of stuff that I'm really interested in. Uh, like, uh, at the most simple level, um, just, like, movement. Movement, yeah. and then it's, set, like, making videos, it's sound and film, and, like, even, like, the drama side of me from high yeah. school, like performance, and uh, it mixes so many awesome things, so that's why I'm still hooked, yeah. because it's it's a very uh, open open form of creativity, yeah. and a weird one, too. Hey, did you see uh, Paul, Paul Crick did a Facebook status update about I saw mushroom that. relating? Yeah, I saw that, and you're going to do an interview <laughs> with him? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. He's going to do... He's any... Uh, he, we're going to see he might do a podcast, too. Holy Skype. shit. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. And see, that, that, is, that brings me to my next point, that, that rollerblading isn't separate from everything. Like, when we say that we're obsessed with rollerblading, that's just like, for me, that's just like the one vehicle that I've found. And, it, yeah. and, and like you were saying, it combines movement and it combines sound and, and visual, and it combines talking to people in a really weird kind of passionate way. All those things, they're not rollerblading itself. Rollerblading just happens to be the, the thing that we've found in our lives that really helps us do all those things. And it's such yeah. a... It, it, like, just the word rollerblading. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes I'll just think about the word rollerblading and it can give me such a, a feeling that no other word can give me it's very polarizing it's a it's a powerful weird very like a lot of different emotions and thoughts can come out of just that one word rollerblading. it's really funny it's a funny word yeah so then to like to create something that's kind of like evolving around that word and around ideas that kind of come from that word, I think there's so much power in that, and it's so exciting. There's really so much that we can do. My head's gonna fucking blow up. Yeah, it <laughs> sucks that 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 part sucks for me. I have uh, I have just so much stuff that I want to make, but again, that's what makes it good as well because there's a. I, I think if you were just allowed to create stuff all of the time, 
it's a huge responsibility and that amount of freedom might be bad to just be able to work on rollerblading stuff all the time. I don't know. Do you think you'd be able to handle that? Maybe. I don't know. I might. I, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I do like, I do like having one foot in, in the quote unquote real world. And just, yeah. just having, just not being elitist or isolated from the world yeah. is, is good. But uh, I would definitely love to have more time to do all this shit and yeah, more, more freedom to do it. Yeah, me too. I, I think... Um, it might drive I, me crazy. I don't know. I, yeah, see, because I don't know. There is, it's true. There's no right answer. I think one thing that I said to my sister is the something that might be more of a thing in the future is that people might have like a... The, the idea of career or the word career, like what's your career... <laughs> might be um, that people have a few different things that they do. Yeah. That they might. I don't know. Like I picture my my life. I I do love the idea of still like doing business st or like video stuff in the community for people, but not all the time. And I love the idea of teaching video yeah. or like editing to kids. And I love the idea of working on rollerblading stuff. I love like those three things would all help each other in some way. Yeah. I, think, I feel like I still have so much to learn about, um, I don't know, working with, like, making videos. And working with people is the biggest one that I've found. Like, yeah. I think rollerblading will make more, makes more sense to me the more that I work with other people that have no idea or w wouldn't even care about what we do for videos. I find that they give me a perspective that's way broader right on if, if I may have lost you Bro no, way no. broader they give me a perspective that's way broader <laughs> is broader not more broad Broaden, oh I'm at a computer that... I can broad broader works but the way I said it that's way broader yeah I think oh, but I'm... I think I do think that's an awesome thing to strive for just to be really diverse and do a lot of different things when it comes to making money that's that that's kind of a difficult thing for a lot of people is because in order to make money it seems like the traditional approach is to be a bitch to one source of that yeah. income but it, it would be amazing if you could do tons of different things to earn that money like if you could have a few different jobs do a, a few different kind of tasks that were very different from each other th that would obviously be a really healthy existence because yeah. you would have more excitement for each thing. Like when Definitely. you do one thing all the time, you're going to lose a certain amount of enthusiasm for it. If you do a multiple, a like five or six or 20 different things that you're really passionate about, then you're not going to get as burnt out and you're just going to have more enthusiasm for each thing. You know, like it's really healthy to take time away from things. Definitely. That's 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 probably a reason why Canadian rollerbladers are so interesting is because we can only skate like half of the year. Like in Kamloops right now, is it covered in snow? <laughs> oh shit! It's like there's like a blizzard starting again. Just as you said. That. <laughs> yeah. It looks really Canadian outside right now. It's windy and blizzardy, and it was so funny. I was driving by the the new uh, 
indoor skate park, I like dropped something off at the at the yoga studio yeah. and uh Have you skated driving it by yet? and I saw this kid like putting on his helmet and like like driving this shitty little car like a like a younger teenage kid like getting stoked to go to the indoor skate park in my head. I'm like, man, fuck that place. I'm just gonna wait for it to get dry. Like yeah. I haven't even skated the indoor skate park. Like I'm I just it doesn't even interest me. Like my need for skating does not uh, fall in line with an indoor skate park. Yeah. You're, you're echoing not fucking noises of boards hitting the ground and like dust filled air dust and like I can't remember the I, I've said it before I can't remember the last time I had a good time at an indoor skate park but yeah. what how did we get here to this point what did you say oh Canada yeah. yeah I think it's a super important thing to um there's something uh incredible about uh Canadian I don't know much about Canadian poetry or writing or anything like that but Canadian films specifically um there's something about the isolation of winter and going inward that's like uh really hard to articulate about canadian culture there's like some american movies that have done it but there's something about like going inward in the winter and you actually go through uh a strange transformation totally. from summer to winter oh yeah big time yeah and it's always rewarding like you could you Every person seems to reinvent themselves in some small way, not just rollerblading, but like human beings in general. And if you're not, you're missing out. Yeah. It really forces, obviously, like the weather forces a kind of different different uh, activities and a different way of looking at everything. And it just getting dark earlier, it really makes, makes you appreciate sunlight. It really <laughs> makes you appreciate like when you can go outside in a t-shirt... Wow, that's amazing. Like I don't have to bring a jacket outside. I can just I can just be wearing shorts and a t-shirt and have my skates in my hand and like go outside. Like it just makes you appreciate that. Drinking wine in a park? Oh at, shit. Like, 10 o'clock at night? Oh, you didn't. So fun. Or like drinking beer on the porch and it's warm out. Damn. Fuck. And you that feeling of sun sunburnt skin. I'm so fucking pale right now. I, okay, yeah. here's here's how pale I am right now. Uh, randomly at the bus stop, a guy a guy looked at me and he was like, "Hey, uh, you're that you're that guy." He, his English wasn't very good. He's like, "You're that guy from Star Trek," and he made this like face, this stoic face, and I was like, "Data." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, you look like Data. That's that's how fucking pale I am. <laughs> Did you come up with something uh, really, really robotic that Data would have said to someone uh, making a comment that you looked like someone from a television show? No. You should have come up with like I don't even I wouldn't even know how to. I don't know any Star Trek quotes or anything. So something like it is interesting that you would have found me. Uh, actually, I can't do it. I can't do an impression of a logical human being. Yeah. Because I'm not logical at all. No. Not even close. Shit. The way... I think you're logical. Oh, I have a little bit of it. I think, uh, I think you have a lot of logic. What? And really? 
Yep. In what way? You connect A and B, and you come up with conclusions that are very rational. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. You, okay, you drink yerba mate tea. Why do you drink yerba mate? Because it, it puts you in a dreamlike state, and it helps you have good shits, and it's healthier than coffee, and it has antioxidants. Like, you are aware of all these things. <laughs> and you connect, you connect the, the A, B, and C, and then you come to a conclusion, which is, oh, I should do yoga, or I should, you know, you, I think you're a very logical person. <laughs> I guess that, that is logical. Yeah. I think logic is just uh, connecting the dots and coming up with a course of action that, it, that you think is good. I'm logical in my own way. Yeah, I think I'm a lot logical. of a lot of my people version, out there. My version of logic can be frustrating to others. I think probably a, a really logical person, their logic would be frustrating to most people because most people <laughs> are not logical. Most people are conditioned by the culture to just do things. They don't think about it. They just oh, this is the way that I do it. That's what <laughs> that's what culture is. Culture is very illogical. Culture says, oh, you just, it's, it's December, you need to go cut down a tree and put it in your living room. We that's, did that. That's, no, yeah. we didn't cut down a tree, though, but I was thinking about that. But it's things really... like that, they're not logical. There's nothing logical about that. No. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of things that aren't logical to me that are apparently logical because we've grown up with them to, to be that way. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one of them. Christmas trees. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing logical. Logical about Christmas trees. <laughs> nothing. No, they make the the living room smell good though. That's and there's true. something really, uh, really uh, like manly about like uh, even though it was a tree, but yeah. there's something like hardwired. If if I'm like bringing a tree into the door, it could be like I related it to experiences of like my dad bringing a tree through the front door and then even prior to that it's like it's like the idea of like killing something how a cat kills a mouse and brings it to the screen door and be like look look at what I've I done have a, I have a gift for the entire family yes <laughs> um we, we put up an <clears throat> artificial tree like a, a plastic version of what a tree is we put that in our living room which is nice it looks nice Christmas in general um I have a tough time with. I understand, like, Christmas spirit, um, but I don't know. I just think that all of the things that we're supposed to know about around Christmas time, like the true spirit of Christmas, should just be all the time things yeah. that we practice. Yeah. I don't know. I caught I caught the tiniest whiff of Christmas spirit this year, but it was it was more underneath a lot of stress and getting stuff done and not having a lot of time to recharge. Yeah. I, I had this uh, thought that um, I really don't like to admit that um, being around people too much just is just awful for me. Yeah. <laughs> being around people too many times in a row, I get drained and I just want to be like at home for a long period of time, not not answering to anybody or talking to anybody really, yeah. except for like maybe 
the person closest to me, but um, people drain me. Yeah, me too. Me people too. drain me big time. But when I when I'm enjoying people's company, uh, I there's a different side of me. Like there's a side of me that switches on that is very social. But I, yeah. I they don't teach that in school, really. About like no one ever tells you. You know what? You might be someone who needs a lot of recharge time after being in social situations. Like I don't know. I've really found that out over over the winter time here. Yeah. Because uh, you don't have as many outlets. Like there's a lack of release sometimes, so you internalize and you don't. You're unable to process experiences that you have interactions with human beings and it gets to be too much like certain really minor things can feel very claustrophobic sometimes yeah like at the yoga studio when there's like a bunch of people waiting and talking all around me i just feel like a meter in a video game the life meter just slowly going down yeah and then my interactions after that no i have very similar experiences why is that I don't know, but uh, uh, one story we we uh, we had the Christmas party at Carly's place, and yep. just a lot of people hanging out, having some drinks and eating food and talking, and I was I was having some you know pretty interesting chats with some people, but it was like I think it was like a few hours that I was just like talking to different people in like kind of tight quarters with a lot of different people talking and stuff. And yeah. I just, at one point, I just went upstairs and just hid out in, in the bedroom, and I was just drawing in, in <laughs> Car- like, Carly's old bedroom. I was just like, fuck this, I'm fucking out of here. And, uh, oh, and at another point, I was sprinting down the street in the cold. I was like, I'm just going to go for a jog right now. And I fucking just put on my jacket, and I, it was like, winter just dark and I'm sprinting down the street like I just needed to like release something or I just felt like fuck I need to leave but so I definitely am am the same way like I if it's too much I just have to leave or yeah or here's one that's not healthy but it's a it's a strategy I just drink more that's what most people do (laughs) and that that works Especially uh, volume levels. Yep. <laughs> There's certain points where, like, I overthink that I'm listening to 20 to 30 voices all talking at the same time. Oh, God. And then uh, someone will be talking to me, and it, and I'll be staring at them, and I won't actually be hearing what they're saying. All It'll all, like, I'll be taking in the situ- situation as, like, um... There's the visual of the face, but I hear the sound as, like, 30 voices instead of one voice. (laughs) I don't actually sometimes have the... I can't listen to one voice at a time. That's a big one that I learned recently is that I'm much better talking one-on-one to someone. You add a third person into the conversation sometimes, and, like, I'm fucked. I can't... I can't navigate it very well sometimes. If I'm on point, I might be able to navigate, add a fourth person in, holy shit, add five people into a conversation. It's so bizarre. It's like, uh, it's such a mind fuck. Yeah. Like, thinking about, like, uh, people's, it's like an ego thing sometimes, like, 
who's in charge of the conversation and oh, yeah. not, it's hard for it to be equal and for it to actually get anywhere because it's constant zigzagging. Yeah. Um, but do you ever, do you ever take the approach? I'm asking you this because I think the answer is no. <laughs> do you ever take the approach of just the, uh, the, the silent observer and just not include yourself in any conversations like in a situation where there's a lot of people hanging out talking do you ever just sit there and say to say to yourself okay i'm not going to talk i'm just going to sit here and just kind of watch this thing unfold and not take part in it yes and i have to yeah. be very careful about what my face is doing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> only a few people who they get too good at reading my face and yeah. uh, <laughs> I have to be really careful even my eyes sometimes like the way that I uh the, the like the the level that my eyelids are at or some certain ways that I hold my face like I just look either really grumpy or irritated or yeah uh cranky and I don't know I'm just that's <laughs> what I'm putting out. Silence is golden though. Fuck. I'm, yeah. uh, there's so many situations that I've been in where I was like, you know what? I just shouldn't have said anything there and it would have went way better. Yeah. You're, you're dim. Am I? I can't hear you. Really? Oh no, wait, talk again. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. It got, it got more silent as I was talking about silence. Oh, I, I just wasn't saying anything. Is, uh, oh, we should say this is the first actual Skype podcast, hey? Yeah, this is this is a, kind of a test run for for the Skype podcast. I really want to do. I I never did it with uh, Kevin Dowling. I really want to do one with Kevin Dowling, and I really want to get uh, Aaron Doyle on this thing. <laughs> Aaron Doyle, isn't that his name from uh, Savor the Flavor? Aaron Pyle. Oh, sorry, Aaron Pyle. Yeah. Aaron Doyle was from, he was the guy with the glasses and the short curly hair. Oh. Who oops. was in like a Life Plus, I think. No, I mean Aaron Pyle. Yeah, he would be good. Yeah. His, uh, his skating's awesome. There's yeah. a lot of variety in his skating. Yeah. He seems like an interesting character. And it really fascinates me that we can, we can talk with people that we've never talked to and yeah. and record it that that's a really weird kind of thing yeah that that is uh it's the same thing where it's kind of hard sometimes to focus on on practical everyday stuff when there's so many opportunities right now to be uh typing out interview questions podcasting uh there's like i don't even know how many videos are in the pipeline right now that I could be working on outside of the business. Like, it's so exciting. The fucking internet. I know. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see Wacky Mode Part 2. <laughs> I, uh, I finally got, there's a, there'll be points where I know I sh I'm not going to be editing something, but I got the first seed of an idea of where I'm going to start when I do start editing that. Oh, shit. So... But I can't yet. I can't. Yeah. Because uh, 
it's bad. If I, if I start <laughs> editing things certain times, I can't stop. You'll just go deep so, into the rabbit hole? It's such a simple thing when they, they say, like, um, or it's in that improv book where start anywhere when you're starting any type of project. Yeah. The, the thing was even, like, cleaning the fridge. Like, if you have to clean your fridge and you think of it as, like, oh, fuck, I have to clean the fridge. If you just, like, take one thing out of the fridge and be like, should I throw this out? Yeah, let's throw this out. And then you just get into it. It's totally the same thing with editing. It can seem so daunting, and then you just get one little idea and start fucking around. Yeah. And then it's like a flood. Yeah, because really any task, is you can break it down into very small, simple, really easy-to-do to things. I think that's like a that's like a important when like when you're starting a project is just to start in a very simple kind of way and definitely break, break things down into simple tasks cuz moment to moment everything is pretty simple it's when you when you think about too much all at the same time that you can't yeah. think clearly on one little simple thing that's absolutely where i am right now in life hmm there's uh, there's too many projects, not enough time, but time doesn't actually matter. It's the way that I'm thinking of all the projects, and then all you have to do is just like little mini tasks. Yeah. But Sunday is usually a f a fairly lazy day. I might do a bit of editing on a Sunday, but traditionally it's been uh, eat shitty food watch movies, and then maybe do something good for, for your body nice. if you want to. Yeah, I need to have those lazy days. I fucking ate uh, French onion soup with Damn. a shitload of mozzarella cheese and croutons. Yummy. And then I went to a movie, and I had pop and popcorn. Mm. And then I ate chicken pot pie. Yeah. And then I ate some shit wraps this morning from Tim Hortons. Nice. Yeah. My, my brain, I can definitely feel it in my brain. <laughs> that, uh, the podcast with Nabe. Dude, <laughs> or, he doesn't, he doesn't like being called Nabe. Is it Travis? Is it just Travis? I don't, does he not like being called Nabe? I know Nabe is his last name. Oh, I think well, he's okay with Nabe. Maybe not. I, he can be sensitive I, about things. I always have to be careful with, like, nicknames or whatever, you know? I think he would understand. Okay, so Travis, there was that podcast where you said you ate McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that feeling. It's, like, it's really simple. It's, um, oh, I guess that that's part of me that you could call logic that I've found to be really important over the years. You eat something... And then you really focus on how you feel after you eat it, and I know that feeling. Last time I had yeah. a McDonald's breakfast, like, earlier on in the day, it it uh, it fogged up the day. Like, it, it made me feel like shit. Yep. It's very the true that the, that the things that you eat and the things that you do, like, for me, I'm, so I think some people are less sensitive to what they eat and, and exercise and things like that, but for me... If I don't do the right things, I'm really unenthusiastic about every anything. Oh so like, yeah. If no, I, I, if, I I get that too. Yeah. If I don't exercise and I eat some McDonald's and then try to do a podcast, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to be interested in things because that's basically 
that's what's going to make a good podcast is when the when the people are just really interested in what they're talking about, right? And then you naturally yeah. go deeper and deeper and like you know, you talk about interesting things cuz you're interested in what you're talking about. That's something that you can't fake is being no. genuinely like genuinely enthusiastic and interested in what you're talking about. Well, if I don't do the right things, if I don't exercise and I eat McDonald's, I I'm sitting there I'm trying to force myself to be interested. But I'm just not. So it's like, yeah. it's like, what's the point? Like, yeah. And then, and then well, I'm sitting there being, being just really awkward because I'm beating myself up on the inside. Like, you're, you're not doing well. You're not doing well because, because you're not interested. Of course. See, but I, <laughs> I got something from that experience because as long as you're honest in the moment about how you were being affected by your choice. Like, yeah. I remember now, if I'm going to go eat McDonald's, I'll think about, oh, yeah, like, that podcast was a really good reminder on what McDonald's can do to you if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. There's sometimes, though, that if um, if you're super on point, like, if you've been exercising a lot, or it's different for each person. My, my two things, like, if I'm writing a lot and exercising a lot, those are, like, two things that are important in overall health. You can, like eat McDonald's and it'll be like eating a bag of chips like it won't actually do yep. that much to yep. you but but you have to you have to be in a good groove totally and usually, usually I find if I'm totally on point with exercising and doing all the things that I like to do then naturally my body will tell me like fuck yeah feed me more of this and then yeah. junk food just doesn't it's it's a uh, it's like a landslide the shittier I feel the shittier I'll eat sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your brain isn't operating very well and you're going to make poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pee. I got to pee quickly. Kay. Entertain on a topic. Okay, I'll go solo. Okay, and then I'll, I'll come back and we'll riff. Awesome. We'll jam. Awesome. Campaign right now. Okay. This is really interesting to do a Skype interview. I really want to encourage anyone out there who wants to do uh, a podcast with me to uh, uh, hit me up on Facebook or email, whatever, however you can get a hold of me, Twitter. Um, I really want to do podcasts with uh, uh, Aaron Pyle, like I said, uh, Kevin Dowling, I really want to do a podcast with. Um, you should do a podcast with somebody who who really hates mushroom blading. Yeah, who really hates? Who do I think really hates mushroom blading? It could be um, anonymous from Roller News, or I just anonymous I, from Roller News. I just feel like a lot of the people that hate mushroom blading are the types of people that would be really shitty podcast guests. Like they wouldn't talk a lot. Mm -hmm. I really want to get someone who's really outspoken and smart and articulate to really rip me apart. If you feel Ar like you're really articulate. smart, articulate, and you really don't like mushroom blading, and you really want to tell the world why you don't like mushroom blading, I really want to have you on the podcast. Maybe I could do one with Kenny T, maybe. I don't think he hates... Well, maybe he does. I think I really like Kenny T, but um, like he's a smart person. He's Actually, I really want to do a podcast with Kenny T. Kenny Tico, if you're listening, let's do a podcast. Joey, are you back? <laughs> I'm back. 
I was saying that Carly had a really good suggestion that I should do a podcast with someone who really doesn't like mushroom blading. And I was saying, oh, yeah, I was sure. saying that I picture a lot of people who don't like mushroom blading to not be very smart and not be very articulate. And that's probably a defense mechanism, but I picture them being really shitty podcast guests. But uh, <laughs> Kenny Tico is really smart, and he, yeah, he is. doesn't like mushroom blading. That might be a really good podcast. I really want to be ripped apart. I really what? want. I really want someone to really cut me down and and. Um, I don't know why I've been craving that for someone to just. I can do that, babe. Well, I know I'm used to that, but I really want someone to really call me out on all my shit, and for me to <laughs> just say, "Yeah, yes." Get Josh Silver on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that might be good. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should get Josh Silver on the podcast. <laughs> or, uh... But I don't, I, I don't want someone to cut down... See, I want... See, there's a lot of people who don't really understand the podcast format. Yeah. And they, they would just well, cut down the experience of doing it. I don't want that. I want someone to really appreciate the... Because I'm, I'm a huge podcast fan. I love doing podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. That's my favorite thing right now is listening to very long-winded conversations, very natural. Like, I love it. I listen to more podcasts than I do music these days. Like, it's, yeah, it's me too. Just, there's something about it that you cannot get from any other medium. It's something that's so human and honest. And, and I think people who really appreciate podcasts are going to be the best podcast uh, guests. Because they're not going to be sitting there like, oh, well, we're going to release this. Or they're not going to be, like, discrediting the whole experience, you know? Yeah. So you need someone who really doesn't like me, but really feels highly about podcasts. <laughs> uh, I do more, or I'm better, I'm better at doing everyday chores. I look forward to doing dishes and wiping counters and cleaning bathrooms because it's time that I can listen to a podcast. Yeah. Um, they've, they've enhanced my life greatly and for sure they're, uh, like, uh, writing is its own medium, movies is its own medium, music's its own medium, but the, the raw uncensored zigzagging, I'll use that term again, the zigzagging of podcasts is what I really like. Yeah. You, you definitely, yeah, you definitely get something that you can't get anywhere else yep. from a podcast. Totally. It, it and sometimes, really, like, it, it, you, you just, like, ride the wave. It's like yeah. a wave. And sometimes you'll... It's just really interesting how my mind reacts to podcasts. Like, I, I might be uh, thinking about something for two minutes and realize that I'm not listening to the podcast because something that someone said triggered something. Yeah, exactly. Just probably, like, someone wasn't listening to what I said just there. Yep. Listen! Listen! <laughs> listen to this. Stop whatever oh. you're thinking about and listen. Hey, can I do a performance quickly? Sure. Hell yeah. Um, oh shit, is it not in here? Never mind. I don't know where it is. There's uh, that, that phenomenon phenomenon of uh, shit people say videos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wrote down some shit rollerbladers say. Nice. But I haven't completed it, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to do it on another podcast. Oh, brilliant. Because uh, <laughs> right, 
right away yeah. I wanted to do one like a video version of one, but I just figured I can I'll get it out faster. I'll just I have some that I want to recite. Some of yeah. it's like stuff that you read, like people typing or whatever. Um, that would but, be amazing. Okay, a, a big thing that I wanted to say about how you want someone who doesn't like mushroom blading on, on the on the podcast or someone yeah, yeah someone who, do, who doesn't like mushroom blading who doesn't like mushroom blading or doesn't like me or really can uh, articulate the flaws in me yeah. or in mushroom blading in general I just think that would be really interesting well there's lots of there's lots of flaws in it um, from the average uh, standpoint or the, in the rules of skating Whatever, but that's what I wanted to talk about in this book that I'm reading. Um, the we are all weird. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of reinforces the idea that rollerblading is just a f like the rollerblading industry and the products that we use <laughs> is they come from factories. Yeah, and they're marketed. They're marketed to average people. They're not niche at all. Like, there's some, like, Seba's, Seba's are very niche, and, uh, Rems used to be more niche, like, when you had to measure your foot and stuff. Like, there's certain exceptional projects here, but it's, like, it's pretty much, it's average products for the masses coming from big factories, mass-marketed shit, and rollerblading is average because of it. Like, it's just... We're a product of mass marketing. Yep. Not what? Not that we we're not, but that's why a lot of people might not like mushroom blading because it represents like maybe one or a tiny percent of of what rollerblading is or could be. But the problem with that are you? Is this difficult to follow? Probably nope. is. No. I'm having. It's not. It's very interesting. Keep going. Um, so, like, we, we suffer from, like, there's not as much creativity and people doing their own thing in rollerblading because the whole fucking way products are marketed and sold, it doesn't, like, uh, individuality and people being creative isn't really embraced or supported by anything in, in rollerblading, so... When in fact there should be all these mini little tribes of like, not tribes, but like all these little subsections of skating that build a really strong hole. There's just this big fucking huge chunk of average mediocrity. And then from there there's all these um, rules or, or whatever, or like everyone kind of looks the same and skates the same. And then there's not as many smaller little blips, and mushroom blading is just one of them, and that's probably why a lot of people hate it, but that's fine. But there should be, like, the people that hate stuff should be making their own stuff, like, exactly how they want to see it, but then they just follow what's being marketed to them. Well, and everyone just becomes really average. Like, people, people who are so talented at skating are fine with taking, like, a couple hundred dollars, or I don't even know what you get to be like a pro skater, but like people who are so talented just be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take the products from the factory 
and help you market them and you can mass produce them and everyone's going to buy them and then we're just going to do this big fucking cycle over and over and over again. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think um, there's a common Terrence McKenna idea that he always talks about is that culture is not your friend. And I think rollerblading is a culture. Rollerblading is a very strict, dominating, authoritative culture in that there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. You, If you skate like Alex Broskow, if you wear volos and nice tight jeans and and you do a lot of tech grinds and, and these types of things, like there's a certain there's a certain body movement that is accepted and praised and and people are people say that is rollerblading. That is who we are. We are not this. We are this. This is and 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 the insecurity that we feel and the 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 self-consciousness that we've grown up with it 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 amplifies that sense of like no rollerblading is not this it's this and people are very uncomfortable with the person rollerblading down the seawall or you know like people like they're really really they want rollerblading to be this so i think mushroom blading and and different things that are really hated by the culture, their responses to that, and they're really like, like, mushroom blading is really a response to like the what people traditionally think is good. We're like, we're we're bored of it. We want to do something else, and it's it's extreme in the other direction, and it's an extreme yeah. response. It's it's anti culture. It's the antithesis to quote unquote rollerblading, and and we both feel this way. So we push it to an extreme, and then the people who, I don't, I think there's a lot of people who really don't understand that concept that culture is not your friend. I think people really embrace the rollerblading culture, and they like to, they like to put the rollerblading culture's cock deep in their throat, and suck it, <laughs> and 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 then there's this other cock that is very different from the rollerblading culture cock, and they're like, oh, you're so gay, you're sucking that cock. That's so gay. But I'm going to suck this cock. If, I don't even know if rollerblading has a cock. I said it kind of <laughs> has a vagina. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a woman. Maybe. <laughs> I think it should be equal parts penis and vagina. Yeah, I don't know. But I just... But... I think that... that the, the, yeah, I think rollerblading... Everything is like that to a certain degree, I think. Like music, like different genres of music, like different bands will come out, I guess, and there's like people who are really into a certain genre and they'll say, no, that's not, that's not rock and roll or that's not hip hop. Um, but it's to a lesser degree. I think rollbutting is really extreme in its like hatred for things that are different because the people oh, are so yeah. insecure with what it is in the first place. They're so yeah. quick to just be disgusted with shit that is, like, yeah. something that's outside of that cultural norm. A lot of my favorite music, when I listen to it, I never really think about it as, uh, as a genre or anything like yeah. that. It makes me think about sound. People yeah. making sounds. Yeah. And it's like, why can't, why can't 
rollerblading just be people using skates. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the best rollerblading, the stuff that really gets me going is, like, it's people using skates and moving in really interesting ways on skates. Yeah. Whereas, we're, I don't know, following that stupid skateboarding action sport oh. model, that's just not how it should work yeah. at all. Well, yeah, when, it, when it's put in terms of a body movement and people's bodies, their physical bodies, are restrained by what the culture thinks, it sh how the culture thinks it should move, and the body isn't moving as, a, as an expression of, of this human being, this, this pure ball of, like, intelligence and life. They're moving, in a, they're imitating something. The body is imitating, a, like, a culture. It's disgusting. It's gross. <laughs> It is gross, and especially when there's so much beauty that could potentially be like released under this. Like, rollerblades are just a vehicle. There's a human being. Like the most beautiful rollerblading is just when a when a human being is is being honest. It's like yeah. Bruce Lee said that. He said like, when when you can express yourself honestly, like that is that is the ultimate quest. And what is that? I, I can't I can't say what it is for a, for someone else. Like it takes a long time for someone to find what 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 is honesty for them. How does their body move? What are they? And I think a lot of it is facing shame, facing like what am I? A sh like there's certain things that every role better every role better knows this when they do like a trick or something and they move in a certain way. There's a sense of shame. There's a sense of like, oh shit, I need to do that again. Like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it well. And like, where is that coming from? Where is that voice that's saying, no, you you didn't, you did that like, gro the way you did that wasn't good. Like, where does oh, it's, where does that come well, from? Um, it's the it's a flaw in um, not not allowing ourselves to show our flaws and not allowing ourselves to to show the human. So that we're human beings and we're 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 all kind of uh, pieces of shit that aren't perfect because yeah. perfect isn't really a thing. But what would you say to to someone who I think one thing with the the more recent videos, it's only sometimes that I'm sure some things feel over the top. But someone who would say like you're trying way too hard to be different. Um. I might agree. I, I, <laughs> um, I, I would I would agree with the fact that I'm trying hard, not to be not to be different. See, yeah. if I'm if I'm being different, then that's just an accident. I'm not. I'm definitely not trying to be different. I am. Tr I'm trying to express whatever this thing is in me. I really don't care about being different. Like I take a lot of influences that I really like. From, yeah. from different things, and so do you. Like, we both really like rollerblading. There's a lot of, like, like Dominic Sagona's abstract 540s. I think we can both agree that they're, like, like amazing. And and I, I tried to imitate that look, that aesthetic, just because I thought it was so incredible. Um, so weird that he... <laughs> oh, uh, I have two points. It's so weird that he kind of, like, pulled the brakes on that style. And he's now a little, he's a lot more average. Yeah, yeah. In his, in his, what he does. He's still obviously 
average, I'm using that in the loosest term, like, where um, his style's still incredible, but, like, some of the stuff that he did in that second regime section, yeah. just the free movement, no one's touched it yet. No one's come close to touching that. So like, true. Like, we've all been inspired, and we've all done our, our own version of that, for sure. That's, like, his contribution of skating. Who swiveled their feet before him? Nobody yeah. did. Yeah. And abstract. That's uh, That was the, my second point is, why is, um, I think a lot of people are very uh, against abstracts. <laughs> why do you think that is? Ah, oh, man, because they're not grabbing their feet? Like, people have this really weird thing about grabbing your feet. Like, when you do... Well, like, when you do tricks, that's a really peculiar kind of thing to me that that people are so, like, if you do a trick that you should be grabbing your foot, like, they're really religious about that. Like, it doesn't count. You didn't grab. That's weird. I don't get that oh, at all. I don't understand yeah. that. That's freaky. That's, one, that's, a that's shit, ro shit rollerbladers say right there. Yeah. That's a freak thing that I, uh, I don't, I don't get it. Every once in a while, I'll wince. I'll, there's like a couple things that I think about where um, I, I, I know that I looked so stupid growing up yeah. on rollerblades. I know. And I still do sometimes, for sure. I looked stupid, but that I love that. I, I, love, uh, I love the humor in yeah. rollerblading. Well, I love that it can be like one of the most stylish things and one of the most awkward things. Oh, like, yeah. I love that. I, that's like, that it can be so f far away. Yeah. <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. Can well, be that's... so incredibly awkward and funny and so uh, beautiful. And like, when some, we talked about it with Matt or whatever, but like, when something's like executed really well on rollerblades, yeah. it's like, it just looks so cool how, yeah. how it looks like Spider Man or whatever. Yeah. I think the potential for it to look so beautiful, that potential doesn't come without without the possibility of it looking super awkward. It's like the yeah. pendulum oh, swings sure. very extreme in both directions. <laughs> yeah. Like, rollerblading can look god-awful, and, like, and it can look so beautiful. But I think the grossest thing, and, and what you were talking about when you were talking about like being embarrassed of what you must have looked like when you were younger, I think the, <laughs> the grossest thing is like just being a really unskilled kid or whatever, and you're just imitating the body movements of, of professionals or whatever, and you have to go through that. Like, you, you yeah. learn how to rollerblade basically by just imitating what you see. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's, yeah. really, it's really funny, and it's really gross to watch when it's very obvious, and you're, yeah. you're very oh obvious. My God. Think of, okay... This is this is the one that I love thinking about. What is that? There's some Think there's some hey, there's just some distortion. On... Hello. Hey. Oh, what's up? When you talk, there's there was like some distortion. Oh, is it better now? No. Oh, it's distorting. Yeah, you don't hear that. Like whenever you talk, you're talking, and then there's just like blah, blah, blah. like I don't know what that is. If I uh, hang up, will it still be recording you? Um, we could. Maybe hang up and then and then re-record. I have to pee anyway. Why don't okay. we're at about an hour? Let's take a break and then we'll we'll do it. We'll do it again. We'll resume. Okay. Okay. Okay.
time. Start a new. Okay. Hello. Hello. Is this better? Yeah, it's clear. It's clear. I don't, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, every time you started talking, it was like you talking plus a lot of digital noise. Oh. But now you're clear, what? so it's all good. Are we recording again? We are. Oh, crazy. Yeah, this is our hour two. Um, oh yeah, hour two. I find that all the, the, the Skype sounds very pleasing. Yeah, I like the Skype sounds. Boo, 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 boo. Future noises. Um, okay, I'm gonna say that thing. Um, it was the demo that played in the Play It Again Sports parking lot. Oh, I got or, fucked up, remember? <laughs> I they did the Aaron Feinberg. I tripped on the rope, and and it was the thing where I winded myself so bad, and I couldn't help but go, oh, oh. <laughs> this is the this is the thing now that becomes so clear to me that is still like you go to a skate park or you're rollerblading down the street. And an, and an outside person might have to be like, oh, like just shake their head or whatever. Yeah. Um, can you imagine being in high school and being into like skateboard culture, like in like fucking 1996 or 1997, like watching um, whatever video, like shit was going down in skateboard. Yeah, it was at a real like, prime in those like, days. The people who were at the top and running companies and putting out videos and the, the art on yeah. boards. That was like the and, world um, industries days, right? Like when world was at its peak and like, yeah, the art on boards was amazing and all the advertising was really irreverent and really weird. And the videos were awesome. And that well, was like, like a Rodney renaissance. Mullen would put out a section with new tricks or whatever, you know, yeah. like, uh, with people, people were, they had older pros, they had like people, almost 30, like professionals that had been skateboarding for like 20 plus years that were just well, and those so guys amazing. Were, and those guys were at the, they were running shit. Like, yeah, it was at a really it, awesome point. Well, and it was like where uh, Andy Wagner or the dude from USD or whatever, like, it, it wasn't those dudes in skateboarding, it was like, like, Mike Jones was making videos for companies yeah. and like Mark Gonzalez and Jason Lee and people who aren't like they transcend beyond skateboarding and they're just yeah. like incredible creative people. They was, were like it was really at a at a point of maturity that rollerblading is not even close to. Yeah, back okay, in the nineties. So yeah, imagine living in Kamloops and connecting with that that skateboard culture, you know, <laughs> and then going to a skate park or this demo thing and played against and then watching like rollerbladers like 
going two feet out of a ramp and brushing their feet past their boots, like, <laughs> jumping up and grabbing their feet. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, taking pictures of it and, like, uh... Taking it really seriously. Yeah! <laughs> I, I can't, like, that, uh... The hindsight that I have now about, like, the... Why don't you just do it on a skateboard? Like, well, obviously, fuck, why didn't, like... I watch skateboarding videos and stuff, but, um... There was still, like, the seed of something in skating that I was hooked on, but in terms of what yeah. I was doing looked so funny it looked like in the big brother interview with arlo and it's like are you gonna look back and be like boy did i look gay and then uh arlo i can't remember what he said back but it was some something along the lines of i think it's really interesting that people try really hard to not look gay didn't he say something like yeah, that yeah yeah i remember that and uh that was like one of it's such a great answer such that, a great answer that uh by looking goofy it for so long and sticking with it, you're going to end up in such a different place than instead yeah. of, like, it would have been really easy to just, like, get, uh, maybe get into skateboard culture. Like, I don't know, I saw the videos that could have influenced me to be like, fuck this, I'm getting a skateboard, but there was just something about rollerblading, even though I looked like such an idiot. Yeah. Like, I kept doing it, and now I'm at this place where I feel... It's uh, it's very much its own thing in its own language that's personally mine that I can do. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I got into something that that I that I did look really silly doing, and I still look really silly a lot of the time when I'm doing it. But it's it's something that that I, I you said you look silly, but you keep going in that direction. I, I love the idea of doing something really weird that might not look that good or might not be very impressive, but you keep at it and you keep going in that direction and you refine that ridiculousness. Yeah. And then it becomes something very unique because no, nobody wanted to go down that path. Oh, it's very surprising sometimes what... Uh, I still I have no idea what looks cool and what doesn't outside of rollerblading like you might do the weirdest thing movement one time yeah and someone might be like whoa that was so cool and you'll be like really yeah and then like your version of what you think looks cool is just not even close to what someone's dad might think or yep your girlfriend or like there's just and then within rollerblading it Everyone just calls it skateboarding because <laughs> it looks like skateboarding. Yeah. I do this thing sometimes where I, you can flip through a magazine, and if you cover with your two fingers the skates yep. in a lot of the pictures, it could just, you could like put a, a skateboard magazine. under it. Yep. <laughs> I really, really miss. Am I? I'm not distorting, am I? No, it sounds really good. I fucking miss so bad. Like, all of the photographers, like, uh, there's Jess Dearenforth. And Johnny Donahue, I think that was his name, Ryan Shude, like all of the Daily Bread photographers that like they understood something different about skating. Like when the shots were up close and they captured like certain pictures that were so uniquely rollerblading, I just, I'm missing that a lot lately. It's yeah. not. You don't see, I like, was, yeah, you don't, I was thinking a lot about skate photography 
um, and like it's it's something that I don't usually think about like how I could get a good f I don't usually skate to do photos no no not at all you can't um, uh, can't really take pictures of that, that picture of you doing the abstract 540 is really good that's like yeah how do you capture some of the stuff that you do yeah or what what approach do you take like I've thought about I've thought about that like how how do I get do an interesting photo what and all I, I always think about just really contorting my body in a yeah. way in a way that uh, that you can't do on a skateboard or a bike something that's just a really free kind of movement but it's yeah. funny because a lot of the photos that come out like you said are very they're like stances like <laughs> like posing you're, you yeah, could just you're... you could just stand on a rail and pose in that way that's and take what, a photo like, it, and it's oh, the same shit like the uh the two like main go-tos that it's so easy to make fun of rollerblading if you're in your shoes like the two go-tos like if i'm making fun of rollerblading with my body and i'm not wearing rollerblades i can jump up and grab my shoes right yeah that's one and then the other one I can do is I can, like, jump on, like, something and, like, hold my body, like, <laughs> and pretend that I'm grinding. Yeah. Like, those are the two, and that's what most modern rollerblading is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those Grabbing your shit, jumping up and doing a pose. And those were, like, uh, in Big Brother there was that same, like, in Barely Dead, they showed those photos of uh, the editor of Barely Dead that, like, propped him up on a rail and he put his feet in the different positions and then... They quickly like snapped a picture of him while he was in the position on the rail. Like, it is really easy stuff to make fun of because it looks like so trivial and stupid. Yeah. Um, am I distorting again? Nope. Sounds good. Oh, okay, good. Um, but I think rollerblading photography, the best stuff that I've ever seen, is something that has like speed and freedom yeah. and uh, like a body position that's very difficult to get into. Yeah. In, in your shoes or whatever. In combination with long hair. I think yeah, long, having long the hair. the Demetrius George picture where he's like yeah. doing the disaster through top porn and he's like in the ninja pose. Yeah, I'm growing my hair back specifically for that reason. Nice. Yeah, I'm growing my hair out. Yeah, right. I am. No. You, you can't see me because we're not on video, but I am. My hair's, it's getting, it. well, it's not long. It's It's growing out. But uh, yeah, right. you, but long hair really does amplify photos. But I've always said that if you don't have long hair, you should at least put a uh, open a but open button shirt on that flaps, because yeah. that can be like the wings or yeah, the. Yeah, you learned that from the Christian Hasoy documentary. Yep. Um, it's really important I... with photos though, because if you're wearing just tight fitting clothes and hair that doesn't flap around, you could just be standing in that body position. Yeah. You, you, there's nothing to show the speed or the, you know. Definitely, definitely. Well, the um, what's I gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, the other day it was like filming something for work, and I was at the in like meeting with these. There was these three women standing around, and the one boss lady was like, "Oh, your hair's growing back out again." And I just really seriously said, "Yeah, but it's not at the point where it blows in the wind yet." And I said it in a way that 
was a joke in my world, but they took me really seriously. <laughs> and they didn't laugh, so they actually... Well, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. I'd much rather uh, them... I'd much rather maybe them hear it and be, like, later on being like, was he fucking with me? Like, was he being serious, or was that a joke? I think that's better. So in the end, I felt awkward after I said it, but... Or, or maybe they were just really self-conscious about themselves, that they weren't even listening to what you were saying. That's another... <laughs> and that's usually how it is. Like, usually, usually people are just very concerned with themselves, that they're not even listening to what you're saying. It's true. The, but it is the number one reason to have long hair is for it to blow in the wind. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, to blow in the wind, to like twirl around when you do tricks. Oh, falls look way worse too. Way worse. It looks like you hit your head on the ground, like <laughs> like the whiplash of your head, the hair, like jo all of John Elliott's falls in Brain Fear Gone. They wouldn't have been nearly as good if he didn't have long hair. Like the long <laughs> hair just makes them look so dramatic. <laughs> do you think John Elliott listened to? Uh... Do you think he listens to this podcast? I hope so, but I, I don't think he would. But he I, who knows? Who knows? I don't know the guy, and anything that I've ever said about him is purely speculation and like based on this weird uh, rollerblading uh, thing. And you know, like you can't anything that we say about anyone is coming from a really. A, a, a perspective that is uneducated. We don't. Yeah. We don't know. We're just saying shit. We're just saying how we feel. And and following his track record, leading up to the bullshit that he wrote on the back of that DVD, made him <laughs> susceptible to criticism. And like, I think if he if he is a smart person, I think he would talk to us and say, "Hey, I deserve all the shit that you said. Totally." Um, you know, if it was me, if I was John Elliott, and I had done all those things, and I listened to it, I'd be like, yeah, I deserve it. In in the role-playing world, in those terms, sure, I'll take it. interpreting your question is why is rollerblading uh, I think like I said earlier rollerblading is a very extreme microcosm of how culture is these days yeah. and I think people have a really hard time being honest generally people yeah, want to people want to put on a front like like when the olympics is coming to town people take really distant beautiful photos of their city People, people don't go into the alleyways and don't go into the crevices and take photos of the people doing crack and beating each other up and prostituting themselves and barfing on the sidewalk. They go really far away and they take this beautiful shot of their city and they show the world how beautiful their city is. That's kind of like what people do when they're showing themselves to the world. They, they show this really perfect kind of front 
and they show it as this really glamorized thing and they don't go close. They don't go deep. And rollerbladers, I think that's why it's frustrating because that's what they do. I'm letting my cat in quickly. But that's, that's how they show this culture. That's how they show themselves. They're afraid to show... Like, I think it's a really... And you can... I'm sure you can um, understand this from an editing perspective or from a videographer perspective. I think it's always a mistake to, to try to make things look good or try to make people look good. Like, I always just... Like, movies. You don't... A good movie doesn't show people in a really perfect light. Like, a good movie, it shows people as they are. It shows their flaws, and, and, and you can relate to them, and you see the imperfections. Like, you see what I... Am I making any sense? You're... You, uh... You perfectly mirrored what I was talking about earlier. The reason that's all the way it is is because it's being mass marketed. It's being marketed to a mass of people, and that mass of people, some of them don't know yet that they can be as weird as they want in whatever direction that they want, and they can actually. The the more people that could rebel against uh, that idea of perfection. And, and go in their own direction, the healthier everything would be. Yep. And, uh, like, Ground Control and John Elliott, like, those sound like just stupid brands to me, whereas uh, someone like, I don't know, Matthew Ledoux, I always, like, go to him or whatever, or, like, Dustin Latimer and Quality, there's people that transcend marketing and make me feel feel like I just want to be creative in my own way, you know? Yep. And I don't think John Elliott or Ground Control can do that, and I don't think companies should be mass marketing anymore. They should be, uh, I mean, they shouldn't have to do anything, but I think it should just all fall apart and be built back up by, I don't know, yeah. everyone who's older and still skating. I think, that makes sense. well, I think they need to understand that their, their role as companies i think companies should not okay this is never going to happen but this is the way <laughs> companies shouldn't be responsible for media come i don't think companies should be making no. videos companies shouldn't be writing articles companies shouldn't be shaping the culture companies should just be making the technology they should just be focusing on the technology and then the people out there who use that technology will take care of making videos and, and making content that's inspiring for people. The companies, they put way too much money and time and effort into the image and the, 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 their team and, and the people and, 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 and having a quota, like a vision for what rollerblading is. That's really unhealthy because they're just trying to sell a product. They should just be focusing on making that product really good so that all the people that use those products, they can take care of all the media. Oh, yeah. Like, customization would be a big one. If, if, um, if skate stuff was standardized and there was fewer companies and more people could just skate a good skate that they could customize really well, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know about fewer companies, but just companies who are really... 
they have a, a like a vision about the technology. They're in it because they they feel like they can contribute something to the technology, not just. I think a lot of companies they feel like they can contribute something to the culture of role playing, like, and so they start a company, and the the focus isn't on the technology. Their focus is like, oh, I've got a lot of really awesome friends that are really good at skating. You know, I'm friends with Chris Farmer and I'm friends with Chris Haffey, and I'll pull those guys together and I'll make this team. Oh, what am I gonna sell? Oh, we'll we'll make this frame. Uh, put. Like, you know, call the dudes in China and make this frame. But they're not focusing on making a really good frame, you know? Oh, yeah. Did you watch that the video of uh, John Julio and Chris Haffey and Chris Farmer introducing the new frame company? Yeah, I watched it without sound. <laughs> How'd that go? Yeah, it was stupid. Where they're sitting seems, at a table. Well, it just seems like... And, and the frame looks like just like a ground control frame. It's just a frame. Well, if anything, like, I really like Bolo frames, and I just ordered two pairs for $5 each yep. off of E-Rolling, and it, um, it looks like the Volo frame just with, like, the hollowed-out sidewalls, and the groove looks better or whatever, but, I mean, if I can get a Volo frame for $5, and this frame's going to be 40 or $50 so I can pay for the logo and, and the team, um, I don't know, I, I just... Like, marketing and rollerblading in general, it's whole, it's all fucking backwards, shouldn't it be, like, um... Look how amazing this product is. Well, this or, like, yeah, people, like... No, it's obviously not going to be me. I have lots of ideas, but I usually integrate them into, yeah, like, doing the podcast and writing and making videos and stuff. The biggest thing on top of the pile that I would love to do would be to make a skate or to, like, help make a skate eventually. And I'm surprised that there's not more people... Uh, making skates, trying to make skates. <laughs> yeah, it's well. Yeah, it's um. We live in a we we just let other people create things for us. That's what our culture is like. It's very rare that, like, if we wanted to, we could we could just make a skate that is really good and just use that. We could make, we, you, there's nothing stopping you. You can just make a skate. But, but like, we are just conditioned to, like, outsource everything. Like, we don't make our computers. We don't make our beer. We don't make, like, 99.999% of the shit that we use every day. We don't make it ourselves. We just, other people make it for us. It's the same thing with skates. How many people out there are, are going to say, oh, all the skates on the market are garbage. I'm just going to make my own. Well, we hope we're, well, we're fucking lucky that, uh... That someone's making skates. Someone, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting like, here, like, shit-talking all these, all these people. It's a, it's a good thing that they made the skates that we can buy. I'm pretty well, happy about that. <laughs> the best story is, like, uh, Kato... His story is amazing. He was the first person to do it. He's the original person to say, like, fuck yep. this shit. I'm going to make a crazy skate. Yep. I'm going to make a really weird skate that's not going to be like any other skates. Yep. And he posted that ad on the back of Daily Bread that was talking shit on the Roses ad. And he lived in, he lived like, I, don't, I sent him a bunch of interview questions. I'm hoping 
that he has time to fill it out because I that shit so is, much that I want to know badass. about. That shit is he, badass. Because he's the original crazy motherfucker that actually did it. Yeah. That had the balls to make. He was like... And make he didn't even homemade. make a skate. He made like a crazy way of attaching wheels to your feet. Exactly. He had a vision about the technology and the technology came first. It came first and then the brand came second. Like he was making... He was what? He was hand making skates out of his garage and mailing he, them out to people? Yeah. Like, I, you I got... Know, like, there's a lot of information that I just want to know about the original thing. And then, um, he's... It's really... The it's, thing is... It's really too bad that there isn't a really well-done documentary on Kato and on Rems. Because that would I be know. amazing. That's See, too bad, but... This is the thing. We'll go back in time. ideas like this. What? When we have a time machine. You can go back well, in time and make a documentary on Kato. Well, I mean, if I had unlimited time and and money right now i would i would love to make stuff like that for the mushroom blading site i would love to make video content like episodes following really interesting people yeah in skating but yeah do you ever think like how awesome would that be yeah i think about that all the time and and i try and i don't talk about it because i'm ashamed to even suggest that possibility (laughs) me too (laughs) Like, really honest interviews with people that, with, like, art, like, John Elliott, he could actually, like, people talking outside of their ties to roll up, like, just talking as honest as possible, yeah. and it'd be more about humans that just happen to have a history in rollerblading less than the rollerblading, but the rollerblading would become more interesting because it would be humans being honest, yeah. talking about their history, like... Aaron Feinberg or Latimer or Elliot, like there's so many people that would oh. be amazing. Chris Edwards. Oh so many shit! That I, that we got to do a podcast with Chris Edwards. <laughs> got to do a podcast with Aaron Feinberg. How sick would that be? <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. Man, like, is it possible? What about Brian Shima? Podcast with Brian Shima. What about Brian Shima? Do you think people would be afraid yes. of doing yes. the podcast? Yeah, I think so. I like that. Um, I I never want I never want anything that we do to be specifically tied to anything, any company or anything like that. Because no. I would never want the honesty to be affected. No, you know? fuck that. That's the whole beauty in it. Is it just comes from a a pure place? That's I would never, ever, like, uh, I would never, uh, uh, what's that word? Um, no, it's, uh, oh, what's that word? Joey. Compromise. Compromise, thank you. I would never compromise. It went, The day I compromised it, I would stop and then, and then end what I was doing. Yes. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, true that. <laughs> I definitely believe. It. I'll take. I'll take. I'll try products though. Send me all the products yeah, you want to try. For sure. Hey. And I'll talk. And 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 we should definitely do a power blading, uh, edit. Oh those, yeah. Those skates I'm, are amazing. I had oh, yeah, such are you, a are good. You yours? I haven't really been skating much, but the last time I skated, um, I was doing a lot of like grinding stuff, and they're yeah. really good. For, like, I was doing a lot of, like, uh, stuff into the grinds. 
that oh, I... Oh, that would feel so good in those skates. Oh, so amazing. And after, like, I've been skating a lot of cones, and so, yeah. like, the, my, the maneuverability kind of things that I was doing with my feet were a lot different than normal leading into grinds, and it felt so good, because... I mean, a lot of stuff, like, they're not, they're not, they're not amazing. Like, a lot of stuff is actually harder in them. Like, it's harder to be higher off the ground. Oh, yeah. For a lot of stuff. Um, but, but there's a lot of things that involve cruising and maneuvering that are really awesome in them. And it, yeah, I'm so excited. You, you should give I, them, I, give them some time, and we should really do an edit in them. It would be really different, I think, than anything we've ever done. Oh yeah, I want to hopefully come down in in March. Sweet. I want to do it because isn't that usually when weather's a little bit more trustworthy? Yeah, it should be pretty good. And yeah, and I always I always light. I, I picture a power blading section being in like a futuristic city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has to be in Vancouver, and it has to be futuristic. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to try them because it snowed, and um. Uh, I was really excited to like put the one piece sole plates and extra cuffs on my rims for them to be uh, stiffer and more supportive. Yeah. But then, like, the more yoga I do, the more I realize that for just my what I like to do in skating, cuffless rims is by far like the closest I can get to um, a translator of my ideas. Yeah. Like, the way that my ankle moves in yoga and the way that I hold myself in, in poses and things like that and the way that I balance on my foot and use the ball of my foot instead of um, relying on a cuff. It's like I change it over and I always feel at home and it feels so much better than any other skate. Yeah. Do you know that there's a difference between um, could, like uh, people who skate on the balls of their foot and people who who skate like more flat footed hmm. do you do you ever think about that um no <laughs> do you know what the ball of your foot is right yeah like behind your toes yep i'm ball familiar with foot. the ball okay yeah. when you're striding in your skates yeah do you have your weight on that or do you have your weight more on your toes um hmm Interesting question. Uh... Todd, these are things <laughs> that you need to think about when I know. you're using inline skates because it'll really help out your technique. I know. That's why I need to be questioned. Um, I really can't... I, uh, I want to say on the ball of my foot just because I know that that's what you want. I don't know. <laughs> what you want? I just, I just uh, don't know. When you tried Banana Rocker, that's definitely... That's... When you start yes. swiveling, that I definitely forces think that's, you to yeah. be more on the balls of your feet. Yeah, that definitely but, centers your the, the the weight on your foot. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I think but, a lot of people use their heels a lot. If I think of like shadow skating, like skating in a shadow, it would be a lot of. But I guess you wouldn't be your heels. Shadow skating is is heels because um it's that's a complete I've talked about that in the last podcast. Shadows is actually uh, like a completely different way of using skates. It's two, it's two like paddles with like uh, it's two boards that you're almost controlling with wheels facing forward, and it's more about um, 
getting speed and controlling the... It's so hard to explain, but it's like... From cuffless rems, it's like apples and oranges. Cuffless rems to shadows are like completely different. But shadows, I've always found, they feel like shit for striding, but they're not meant for striding. They're meant yeah. for like controlling. Cruising. Yeah, it's really it's that. it's interesting how you really it's rare to hear people talk about the differences of the experience of skating in different skates. Like it's mm. so different skating in a shadow compared to rems. So well, yeah. It's so it's different. Good. It's so different. Not but even you, the same thing. You don't even hear like people never really talk about that. And have you skated in uh, like long mount speed skates before that are really low cut? No. That's where you really learn how to like skating stance and stride and pointing your toe and all that stuff. That it develops all of these really weird muscles that come in handy. If I, I think, like, uh, if I had a choice, I would, like, if I was a skating coach or whatever, <laughs> yeah, and I had, like, a skating team, I would, I would recommend that all of my players on the, on the team, like, on the Olymp, the Canadian Olympic rollerblading team, um, use, uh, cuffless remedies, because they're the most nuanced and subtle in terms of like movements that you can do and control, but again, that's like I'm I I don't even hold a pen or pencil properly, so <laughs> I represent a very small percentage of. I don't do things normally, pretty you'd, much. You'd be the that's really the really eccentric Canadian inline coach with really long hair and like really fucking mean and opinionated and like. And someone comes to class and with a pair of USDs, and you just fucking kick them off the team. <laughs> oh, I'd let him. If if he could prove me wrong about like that, that uh, he could, that his movements and what he could do would be better in USDs, and I, you know, I give him a chance. But I don't know cuffless rims. That's they. They're better. No, they're not better. Well, I, they, I, I do agree with you with the, the, the way that REMs allow you to move. I'm, um, I'm, question, I'm wondering if they would be good with the power blading frame. Just because oh, there, yeah. there is, because of the height of it and everything, there's more uh, pressure or weight put on your ankles to like yeah. bend and things like this. Um, I think they'd be fine, but it might be an issue with them. Um, if oh, you're, yeah. if you're doing, if you're doing skating that is like higher impact, but like for park skating and, uh, for most of the stuff that you do, you should be fine and they should be really good. Yeah. I'm excited to see how they turn out. Like, I, I don't know if, the first stair ride that I try, they're just my ankle's gonna like buckle to the side. Yeah, it, it might be an issue. I don't know. I'm gonna get Sebas too. Oh eventually. man! Once you when you put on Sebas, you'll feel the power. The, oh, you'll feel the that responsiveness. It might you might not like it. You might you might not like them, but the like you'll notice a huge difference. Like, they are so fast and so responsive and 
the, the so solid in a way that that you you they're amazing. That uh, that's another. I really like that edit. I don't know. They look like uh, the people that I've seen skating them. They seem really solid, and they remind me of like a really nice broken-in pair of ice skates that are just really tight and responsive. I don't know. Oh, they're they're really like you just want to. The first time I put them on, I was I was at Leon's shop, yeah. and I just had to go. I just like had to do like like jump. Like, you know the first time you put on shadows and you just yeah. want to, like, jump in the air and just, like, tweak out your legs? Yeah. There's, when when skates are really responsive and fast, like, you just, actually, there's a feeling there, the, you know? Is that the first thing that you do when you try on skates? Do you want to know the first thing I do when I try on skates? What? I uh, test out um, how they feel from going, this is totally just the defenseman in me from hockey, but I test out how they feel going from forwards to backwards and backwards to forwards while the wheels are still stuck to the ground. Yeah, that's That's, an important thing. Yeah, that's a really important thing. It's the first thing that I try is the, I don't remember what it's called, like tomahawk or, (laughs) I don't know. And, oh man, the sebas for that, for just swiveling fakie to forward, like, uh, Sebas are the closest thing that I've experienced to just, like, flying. Like, it doesn't... You don't feel the cracks. You know? Oh. Like, you don't feel the cracks. Like, it's magic. Oh. It's fucking magic. You're just cruising, and you can just... You don't need to take a stride, because you're just going really fast. Yeah. You don't... Like, more than any other skate... I, I skated... Uh, uh, what's that park in North Van? That older park that jo- uh, jo- Mason and Josh stole the big rail. You did that. Kirk's, Kirkstone. Kirk, Kirkstone. Yeah. It just felt, yeah, I skated Kirkstone there. And it just felt like I never had to take a stride. I was just always going really fast. And they're so light and, and oh my God. Like, hey. you could just have to try them. I, you, you have to try them. I'm excited. I'm yeah. Pretty much, I think I'm going to get some in the next bit here, but uh, pointlessly, I might wait until spring. But I was talking to Leon about them. Yeah. Um, hey, what do you think about uh, skate park skating? Skate park skating? Yeah, do you think... Um, I think we're really lucky that people build skate parks. Do you think that skate park skating is very limited to the imagination and that it's really hard to come up with... Or, oh, fuck, what am I trying to say? Do you think that rollerblading uh, fits into, like, that true essence of skating around? Is is rollerblading more related to street skating than park skating? And we rely on parks too much um, to deliver the experience of skating? I think... Skating in a skate park can be really taxing on your soul just because of the culture that surrounds it and, like, the people that are there. And it's very... There's a culture that surrounds skate parks. And I I, I hear that... I hear what you're saying in that, like, it kind of forces you in a certain way of skating. It's really hard to, like, go against the culture of the skate park. But but I think if if you... 
if you take away all the people and the and the the culture of it and you just imagine you are the only one at the skate park i re i think i don't think there's anything wrong with the actual obstacles of the skate park i think they're really awesome and you can do so much with them and they're really fun but yeah. i think it's the culture of the skate park that really is limiting and then like people talk about street skating i think it's almost easier to like free yourself of it because you are physically separated from it when you're yeah, on the street for sure. like you can just go with your friends and you're on the street and it's it's not at a facility where there's this culture it's very difficult to go to a skate park that's full of skateboarders and like different annoying like there's always such annoying people at skate parks <laughs> always so it's really hard to ignore that and it's really hard to like get in your own groove when there's little kids like hey can you do a backflip and oh can you do this on here and there's this whole like really lame culture I <laughs> I hate when people ask about the camera always like always people like oh hey what kind of camera like why well, how is that interesting? Like, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's two things that I wanted to say. One, I love skating an empty skate park by myself. I love it. Yep. Uh, there's, a, there's something about that that uh, has always been ingrained in me ever since, like, anytime I would get to hockey practice early and I could skate around and just hit a puck against the boards or into the net or just skate around and like the sound of just me and ice skates and the rink oh like, yeah there's something so magical about that Shit. i understand like people that do believe in a god or a force or something like it's in those it's in those quiet moments where it's just you and nature or you and the activity that you're doing that uh you definitely connect to something different. Fuck so that's yeah. one. Yeah. That's one thing that's that I connect with about skate parks. And then relating it to the the people aspect about how I get really drained around people. That that's why I skate parks I find street skating feels alive to me. Whereas but it can it can have some of the same challenges in terms of like being around people. Yeah. But street skating feels very alive, a day of street skating, and unpredictable. Yeah. Whereas the skate park atmosphere, when there's people there, it it doesn't surprise me very often. Right. Yeah, very In true. the experience of it. And it's very... Yeah, it totally, uh, it totally forces a certain kind of skating. Like, I've talked about that before, where, like, you go to a, a park, and, and there's, there's, like, a certain obstacle that is the... It becomes the uh the holy grail it becomes the goal of what everyone wants to like perform on or, or there's pressure there's like a cultural pressure whereas street skating is really just more freeing and it's yeah. more and it's more like it's more there's a magic in street skating where you're not supposed to be doing that there and that doesn't normally happen there and there's a different energy like people are going about their normal everyday lives and you're there, and you're in this completely different state of consciousness where the whole world is a fucking playground, and you're kind of, like, making a joke out of what everyone's doing. 
and it's, oh, yeah. it's so there's that. a there's a there's a magic in that that you just don't get at a skate park. Skate parks yeah. are really uninspiring places where everyone is sitting there like there's kids that are really bored, and they're just like, oh, this sucks, like fucking fruit booters, and there's a like, you you they're spoiled brats, and and uh, like a lot of the magic is taken away from it. And then when, like, when you're street skating, you really, you really see the contrast between the person with the briefcase who's going to the job interview, and then there's you, and you've got blades on. <laughs> oh, I thought you said braids. Braids. <laughs> you got braids on. You got braids. No, you got <laughs> blades. You did have braids and blades and at one point. Braids and blades. Um. And another thing about skate parks is tapping into that, that like, uh, if you're at a crowded skate park and then you get into the place where it feels like you're by yourself. Yes. If you can get into that place, then I'll have a really good time. But I find it really hard to focus. Yeah. And get there. I've had really good sessions in really crowded parks. It's rare, but if you can get in a zone where you're you're almost at war with what the culture is doing and you're really you're really confident in yourself and you're really you I I've got I've got I've had really really amazing sessions in crowded skate parks. But then I've had really really soul destroying sessions in the skate parks. So it can go out oh, of I know those ones. It really depends on you. It's a it's a really hard thing to get to that zone where you're really thriving off of the shitty atmosphere, and you're really like skating against it. It's like a really, it's it can be a really good experience. Oh, I I have this technique that I always try and do, but forget a lot of the time. I find if I do something really silly early on at a crowded skate park, yeah, if. If everything lines up right, it opens up something, and then I can enjoy myself more. Totally. I find, like, lightening the mood in general, skate park or not, yep. is so important. Yep. That, that thing that Taylor said was really good, about, like, just going up and, pop, like, saying hi or chatting to someone right off the bat. Oh, totally. Making a joke, like, yep. just using humor, like, making light of any situation as soon as possible oh, just sure. clears the air. Yeah. Uh, sometimes if you can trans like I just I love translating that into some doing something silly on yeah. my skates. Yeah. And then it lightens the mood for me and for whoever's around. Yeah. I it's think good. That's important. Yeah, it's good for for other people not to be intimidated by you. So if you do something really silly and goofy and it's like you're not taking yourself seriously, then they lighten up almost. There's Yeah. It's it can be really tense when there's skateboarders. And rollerbladers. Yeah, it's just good, it's good to just go up and say hello. We, we, we just have our guard up, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're human beings. We fall into tribes, and we fall into like we are on rollerblades, and they are on skateboarders. They are separate from us, but we're all just human beings, man. <laughs> it's all the same thing, you know. It's just we're. <laughs> We're just trying to catch a vibe, man. Tonky just wants to... I'm right by the door, and he just... Wait, do you want to go out? He's standing by the door, looking out, and I don't know if he wants to go outside or... 
He's just looking outside. It's still snowing. Oh no. Here. It's, it's been still snowing. It's raining here. I, I turn 30 in uh, pretty soon. Holy shit. I'm very excited about all of the things I've achieved up to this point. That's amazing. Yeah, you're turning 30. <laughs> Over... <laughs> when did you start skating? When I was 12. So... What year was that? Uh, 94, 95. 1994? Yeah. That's crazy. Over half your life. Then. Yep. Dude, what... What age do you honestly think you're going to make it to? For life? Oof. For living? Well, first for skating, then living. Um, I have a really, uh, it might be naive, but I really think that I will be skating forever, like as long as I'm alive, or almost as long as I'm alive, maybe for another 40, 50 years. I do think that's possible. I don't think that's silly to say. Because I think by that time, rollerblading will just be so natural for me that it won't be abrasive and it'll be whatever I want to make it. And I see people who are 60 years old that are really pretty fit. And if they had been rollerblading for 40 years, it would just be really natural for them to put on a pair of skates and it wouldn't, it would just be. So I don't think that's such an outrageous idea. But at this, I do also think that. Uh, it's it's possible. I feel like things are going to go one of two ways. Either the whole world is going to like collapse and everything's going to fall apart and a lot of us are going to die and it's going to be a fucked up world where we can't even get rollerblades and we're just struggling to survive because everything fell, for, uh, fell apart. Or technologically we're just going to come to a place that's we can't even imagine it right now and we will be people who will live like 300 400 years because of technological advances in like medicine and replacement parts will be normal and virtual realities and maybe we'll just upload our consciousness into a into a matrix type mirror of what physical reality is or you know things that like we can't even really imagine right now so it's quite possible it is possible what i'm saying is it's possible that i might rollerblade for another 300 years and i hope that i, I, I hope, hope that's true i hope that one happens yeah at that point you wouldn't even be making videos anymore i don't i don't know what it would be i, I think um live performances would become really uh popular at that point That'd be sweet. People would want to see um, that there wouldn't be a need to make videos. There would be uh, people just doing things live. I think that the live performance will really, like, people, it'll have a huge comeback in 300 years. Because people <laughs> will be really bored of the, like, edited, prepared visuals. There'll be something that you just can't get from a like a live performance will be so powerful people will just want to go watch someone do something right then and there that is only happening in that moment i think that's already happened to a certain degree like people really appreciate the spontaneity of a live performance mark gonzalez did that one uh in paris that, 
Yeah, was that was uh, that was really um, a forward-thinking idea. Yeah, that was amazing. With his like all-white suit, his <laughs> astronaut suit. Yeah. That was incredible. I think there needs to be more yeah. stuff like that. Like that just wouldn't happen in rollerblading. You know, like Chris Haffey wouldn't wear a white suit in an art gallery and do th- something like that. You no, know? there's just all those. Ex- there's all so many expectations built upon a lot of a lot of people uh, that are involved. Yep. You know what I'm so surprised about? What? This is just my ego talking. There's a huge separation from from uh, what we do. Like we t- we've talked to some people and we've met people that that enjoy the videos and everything. But, uh, like, we, we find ourselves talking about Chris Haffey and, uh, and, and people like that and Alex Broskow, but we got to join up the two things. Like, we, we got to talk to these people. I know. Like, they, would, they would never acknowledge, even if they did watch stuff that we did. It's very, I think, against what they believe in or what they... Or who knows? Maybe it's not. We'd love to hear I think you're right. I think it is. Don't you think that, 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 like, it's weird that um, what we do is so separate from what they do when it actually shouldn't be? Yeah. Like, it should all be related? Yeah, I think there is something going on there. Definitely. I've always thought there's, I don't, yeah, there's there's something going on. Yeah, there's something going on. I I think people really entrenched in the industry really don't like what we do. I don't know, because maybe that's just speculation, I don't know for sure, but I've always sensed that. I've always sensed that, like, they're ignoring us, like we don't <laughs> exist. Like, they don't want us to exist, and they don't want people to enjoy us, and they don't want to talk about us. I don't like, know, maybe that's, I might just be speculating, but yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. And I would love to get someone very in the industry on the podcast. I would love to get, like, Julio or Alex Broskow, or Chris Haffey. Oh, you get some super political answers, too. I, I don't know how... But I would try to push it. That's the thing. I, I don't, I'm not sure if they would be willing to put themselves on a two-hour, unedited, raw thing like this with unpredictable people. Hey, if they did, it would help everyone out. Because yep. the more I've talked on this stuff and the more... I've listened to podcasts, the, I've, my life has been enhanced. So I think everyone yeah. would be better for it if if those people like that. Yeah, because like, for us, it's all speculation. And if, it, if we were just able to talk to them and, and, and ask them questions point blank and they could ask us questions and it was really raw and real, there would be revelations that would come out of that that would be beneficial to both parties, you know? Like, they would gain something really important and so would we. Like, it would just be insightful for everybody. I think... Um... We we make some of their hard work or whatever they do look bad, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. Um, but, because this is one thing that I love about being in Canada um, and, and relating it earlier that there's never really been any uh, com- compromise, like you said. There hasn't uh, really been much of a compromise. Yeah. Growing up, that um, there's people who have been paid to skate 
We've never been paid to skate. We've got skates before. We've got free skates, and we've pasted logos here and there. We've done, like... We haven't really done any commercials or anything like that. Yeah. For skates, have we? Not not blatant commercials. We've There's been videos where we've been using the product yeah. on our feet, but it hasn't been anything... There is the NIM skate, but even then, like, I approach everything from a not-serious point of view. Yeah. That's kind of... But anyways, my point is, we've grown up in Canada. There's been people who have been paid by companies to use their products while we grew up, right? Yeah. And we kept making videos, and we're still making videos. And there's people who have dropped out of skating, or don't skate as much and maybe have a company and they're still invested like financially that they've had financial rewards from skating and we haven't and we've been developing something that has come from a different place than financial reward yeah we've just been doing it because we want to do it and we have a perspective that's very uh pure and honest and it you can't just learn it it's it's been over a long period of time like experience of making stuff and just skating up in Canada, and uh, I think that's where the separation is, and uh, I don't, it's like a perspective thing. Oh yeah, and it's it's fear, that once your career becomes dependent on, on your opinions and how you behave, it really changes the whole ballgame, and for us, there's no fear, there's no fear in saying anything. I think a lot of pro skaters and like you listen to them in interviews and you, and you come to expect this very safe political response to every question that's fear that's they are not free to express anything and maybe they don't even have interesting thoughts about stuff they just come to you're so entrenched in in the industry and what you're living that you you stop having interesting thoughts about it and it all just becomes normal it's all normalized it's very important no it's not fun at all you know what would be better than normal is abnormal if um yeah if if normal became just across the board abnormal like if everyone was abnormal then then normal would be this massive uh, burst of everything instead of normal. No, wait. (laughs) How do I explain that? If everyone was honest with themselves and each other and going in a distinct direction and knew themselves really well, uh, the whole would be a lot more healthy instead of all of these separate little things. Maybe. Does that make any sense? No, I don't think it does. Um, it's hard to say. Like, it it's very it's true that it takes it takes all different it takes all different people to make this thing happen. It's hard to say. It's hard, what is this thing? Like this this whole uh, system of producing skates and producing these products and stuff, and then shipping them to these stores that sell it and people that make these videos that 
inspire people to do the activity. It might be in a negative kind of, like, the videos are very, like, we, we diss the culture and we say that it's, uh, like, the videos inspire people to do it. That's the good thing. But they inspire, like, a very narrow view of it. But if the videos weren't made in the first place, then nobody would rollerblade and then nobody would buy the, make the skates because no one would be buying the skates. It's almost like this whole system is necessary for, for us to exist in it. Maybe. I don't know, like, if, if everyone felt the way we did, then there wouldn't be an industry at all, or, I don't know. Wouldn't that be a good thing, though? Well, maybe not, like, if nobody made skates, then it would Somebody would, though, because... Yeah, it takes people to make the skates, and it takes people to... Like, maybe it would be a good thing, maybe... Like I said, I think, I think companies should take care of the technology... And then the, the, the skaters, the artists, should take care of producing magic with the technology. The, the producers of the technology should not be trying to produce the magic. That's not their job. It's the, the people's job to take the technology and make the magic with the technology. Yeah. There's got to be the two different sides. There needs to be a separation. Um, but, I don't know. Also you're starting to, yeah when you talk you're you're starting to fizzle again oh shit yeah but it's been an hour maybe we should cut it off yeah, yeah let's cut it off here okay well this was really fun joey this was, this was great Todd. yeah we'll do it again we'll oh. build, build, and yeah yeah do should you should yeah yeah get, get all, all sorts of weird people on this thing i know you too you should uh get some I don't know how to record stuff. You should record some Skype podcasts with people. But it seems like once an hour hits, then your voice starts to go really, like, shitty. I don't know what that's all about. Shit, shit, well, that's it. That's it, that's it man. Well, yeah, okay. have a good day, have a good week, have a good life. We'll talk soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.